Welcome to the Lucky Let Cord Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. I'm your host, Chris Otto, coming to you on day eight of the championships as we head further into the business section of the draws. We have four women's singles quarterfinals on tap. For day eight, looking at the center court lineup, it's Daria Kasakina, the 14th seed, against the highest seed remaining in the draw, that is Angelique Kerber of Germany. That match will be followed by 25th seeded Serena Williams against Camila Giorgi of Italy. Over on court one, we will see Dominika Sibulkova of Slovakia against number 12 seeded Yelena Ostapenko, followed by Kiki Burtons, the 20th seed, against Yulia Gerges, the 13th seed. Should be some very interesting matchups today. We have a very special guest coming on board the program to chat with us a bit. That is Wimbledon presenter Nick McCarville. Fans know him for the work he has done at all four of the Grand Slams and numerous other tennis tournaments. He has been on the rise in the tennis journalism field for several years now, and we were fortunate enough to catch up with him early on day eight at Wimbledon. Let's get right to that interview. Early morning, Wimbledon, day eight. Pretty exciting day. Women's quarterfinals on tap. I'm really pleased to be joined by the one, the only, Nick McCarville. (laughs) Hi, Chris. I don't know if I'm the one and only. Well, I guess I am actually the one and only. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. You you are certainly the one and only. I'm First question, I've been thinking about this one for a while. It's the 10-year anniversary of the Rafa Roger Epic Final. I think it might also be the 10-year anniversary of your first New York Times byline, which came from Wimbledon. Is that true? (laughs) Um, Gosh, ooh, you're testing my um, memory here. Yes, I think it was actually 2009. (sighs) If you Googled it was 2008, you could be right, but... I graduated college in 2008, and then 2009, I came here as a fan, and I queued, and I wrote a couple pieces for the Times, for Straight Sets, when they had the Straight Sets blog. Um, Yeah, which was was kind of surreal for me at that point, obviously, in my life, because I hadn't done much media work yet, Mm -hmm. and the Times, I, I was really only allowed to do that because the blog was there and they needed good blog content, yeah. but it was a nice mix to come to Wimbledon. I wrote about the queue. I think I wrote a little bit about Steffi Graf. Um, cool. yeah, yeah, it was cool. Steffi Graf. <laughs> what is she, 74 and 7 lifetime here or something crazy like that? What a legend. So, um, okay, so I was off by one year. We'll celebrate that 10 year next year. Next year, yeah. Um, <laughs> Briefly, talk about your journey then. From there to here, I know we don't have a lot of time, but like, um, it's it's been a wild one, and you've you've had a really fantastic couple of years. You've gone from behind the camera, from behind the scenes to in front of it. Talk a little bit about where you are right now. Yeah, I mean, I you know, you, I've known you for years, um, and I think everyone that's on the tennis media side of things, um, you know, we're all trying to sort of find our own paths. Uh, I worked for USA Today for two years and had a great. Um, couple years writing for them and in that time realized that there was different opportunities to be had in front of the camera Um, I've predominantly done digital stuff which has been fun it's different it's you know friendly I mean I think anyone listening to this is a pretty big diehard tennis fan and so you know that the social media sphere allows the players to be themselves and to be relaxed and I like to feel as though I try to bring that sort of 
um, angle and aspect out of it. And, and lucky enough that in that time, most of the Grand Slams and the bigger tournaments have grown their video presence. And they so have. I've, yeah, so I've sort of um, slipped under the radar in that sense to work for them in that way. That's really cool. Talk a little bit about your job here at Wimbledon as a presenter. Sure, yeah. So I work for the Wimbledon Channel, um, which formerly was live at Wimbledon. It's a TV station that streams live on Wimbledon.com. We're also on Twitter and YouTube. Um, they're every, every day, Chris, from 1045. Uh, Selena Hinchcliffe presents a center court, courtside show with Mats Vlander, And then um, there's four or five, six of us out around the grounds. Um, I've been based at a handy dandy touch screen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Previewing cool. the day and we do stats and we do social media and you know, just kind of a nice mix. But Wimbledon Channel has limited rights as far as live tennis that they can show. Mm-hmm. So it really I think the club has tried to and the tournament has tried to um you know, give people an inside view. And so, you know, talking to coaches and families and players and doubles and wheelchair and juniors and just um, really, really giving people an inside look at Wimbledon and with obviously tennis highlights and some live action mixed in, but it's, it's a really well done product. And I would say probably the best out of the four majors as far as a continuous live product goes. Cool. So you've got job satisfaction. <laughs> I do. No, I mean, I wake up. I actually woke up today. It's day eight, Tuesday. And yeah. um, as you and I were discussing, it's always tough on the media side to keep the momentum going for week two because you're tired and the days are long. But I actually kind of thought, oh, I don't want this to end. Yeah. So because it's, it's, you know, Wimbledon's so special. It's special for everyone listening and watching at home. It's special for us for the players even. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a week three. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> You're listening to the Lucky Let Cord Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. We're interviewing Nick McCarville, presenter for the Wimbledon Channel. Your interviews have been fantastic. I, I've watched them a lot, and I want you to kind of progress in that format. Tell me a little bit about the art of interview, because you have a real nice colloquialism kind of just um, you move the things along real nicely it doesn't seem scripted it feels really genuine uh, how do you go into these interviews how, how hard are you prepared and how ready are, are you to improvise yeah I appreciate that um, I think everyone's self-conscious as an interviewer <laughs> I mean I know I no. am um, no yeah I th- you know I think um, always try to open with some sort of smile which isn't always the e- easy to do but I just try to be really conversational and it's not, that's a, that's always a challenge. Um, but, uh, you know, having in mind and I I still use note cards, I still take notes, I still sort of do that sort of prep. It's stuck in my mind that Andrea Joyce, who's the, um, rink side interviewer for NBC at the figure skating for the Olympics, which I did. And then she does gymnastics too she takes these copious notes and I was watching her in Pyeongchang and I asked, I asked her, I was like, why do you do that? I mean, and she just says, for me, it works if I write everything down and I, you know, she's like, I actually write out my questions and then she's like, I don't say them verbatim, but that, I think that, and a lot of people ask me about, um, you know, where are you in your career? You know, this sort of conversation. It's like being prepared and doing hard work is always, always going to serve you well. Right. And so I feel that way in interviews and then trying to bring a human side to it. And obviously then know your content, know who you're interviewing. You know, yesterday I interviewed 
Patrick Mortoglu and Angelique Kerber, and those were two very different interviews. So how do you sort of service each person and make sure that you've that you are, as you said, moving it along? Yeah, right. Um, you said um, this is a quote from you. I think is it, you, your hope is always to have fun with the athletes I work with and let their stories end up being the brightest piece of the puzzle. So talk about that a little bit about kind of you're like a face of the sport right now. You're working at Wimbledon and you're you're helping bring this across to the, to the fans. It's really an important role and you, and you seem to embrace it and feel you know f- feel its importance. Yeah, uh, Gigi Salmon, who I work with on the ATP Tennis Radio broadcast, um, we were talking. Sh- she made the point of always making the players the stars because they are. I mean, you know, you and I have worked in tennis media now for years and. Um, it, it's funny because we exist in this little bubble and, and maybe you'd say, oh, you know, you've had great success doing X, Y, Z, but the the athletes are the ones that we're trying to help tell their stories. And, you know, to be involved with that, obviously, like, I, I appreciate that and I do enjoy being on camera and I enjoy that aspect of it, but um, they're the ones that people are tuning in for and they're the ones that people are wanting to engage with and, and to share their stories because it's incredible because they're they're out there doing their job and then what they do with us is extra and it is part of their job right right but i also i think that there's so much to be said for these athletes being the the people they are and for us to try to dig and show um them in different lights sweet we got a couple more minutes yeah sure Um, yeah Tee up Tuesday for us. Women's quarterfinals. The, the vibe of the tournament, the craziness with no top 10 seeds reaching the quarterfinals. I think it's the first time ever at any slam open era. So thoughts on that? It's crazy. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone would have guessed that at the beginning of the tournament. But when you look at the eight players that we have remaining, I think you'd say maybe one, Camila Giorgi, is really the outlier. Otherwise, you've got players who are at different parts of their career, obviously, who have who have <laughs> you have Serena Williams who is who is Serena Williams but Kerber, Kazakina, Ostapenko, Gurgis, Burtons, I mean these are players that are established and obviously having good runs but yeah. um, I liked Ravi Upa sent out a tweet yesterday about you know talking about the women still in and, and giving their resumes Serena doesn't even need one but of course Kerber's a slam winner so is Ostapenko Sabolkova's been in a slam final, uh, yeah. Kazakina made the Indian Wells final. Burton's and Gurgis have sort of had these late career renaissances. Yeah. And Burton's is especially this year has been great. Julia was great last year. So, um, I was, I, I would be shocked at this point if we don't see Serena in the final. Um, but then I'm also, I would love a Kerber Serena final. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead, obviously a little bit, but, um, Kerber's got, Sabokova or Ostapenko should she beat Kazakina today so yeah there's there's a lot of interesting storylines and players and to me Chris there's also a lot of different playing styles left which makes for exciting tennis too and you said crazy chaotic to me that that's a synonym for fun yeah I mean totally it's been amazing yeah you know I think that sometimes you know because and I've said this myself because the women's field is so deep that sometimes you can get these draws that to the outside eye look a little bit like is this engaging tennis but I think overall um, the differing styles and then the different storylines that we have here I think if Georgie was were to beat Serena today 
then to me that would feel like the draw is like completely oh, blown yeah, open. Yeah. And if you say, you know, say you get a Kazakina over Kerber and you get a Sabolkova over Ostapenko, yep. then you've got no slam champs left because we've right. got three of the eight right, right now, which is actually... Which is good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, last question. Sure. You do a lot of interviews. You're familiar with a lot of celeb- celebrities. You, you know, you've done a lot of exciting stuff. Is there anything you want to do interview-wise, like someone that, you know, that's one that I want that I haven't been able to get yet? Ooh, good question. Um, no, I've gotten to do a lot of different, you know, different uh, interview type, you know, like live social stuff, podcast, um, Wimbledon channels a little more relaxed, um, taped stuff is different, off camera, on camera. Um, I I did, Monica Sellis was at the Tennis on the Thames. A couple weeks ago, that was really cool. Was that your I, first with her? Well, I had interviewed her a couple times for the WTA finals, but just for like um, VIP, you know, like in a um, suite. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're at the SAP suite, here's Monica Sells, which was great. Yeah. But that was cool to kind of get like a proper interview with Monica that way. Um, I, I grew up loving uh, Sellis, Kirton, and Capriati were my three biggies. And I did interview Jennifer nine, ten years ago at the um, the Legends Ball, the Hall of Fame Ball that's during the U.S. Open. Yeah. But it was like a red carpet interview. Okay. And I don't think she really wanted to do it. It was like two minutes. <laughs> so I'd love to, at some point, I'd love to sit down with Capriati. That's um, cool. You can bring her back to us. Yeah, no. We, we need you for that. I, yeah, I think she, I, I hope and think she might come back around at some point because, I, you know, I think that she was a great champion and um i think that she'd have a lot of good insight incredible champion yeah. please facilitate that <laughs> how have you enjoyed your woman then oh it's good, good. now now you're gonna interview me or, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been awesome i'm so thrilled this place is amazing you've I, been I, here before i've been here for three years now i don't think the thrill will ever wear off how no. many have you had uh six come close to even wearing no. off no way. absolutely not just magic special thanks to nick mccarville for joining the program today to all our listeners We have a recommendation. Fire up your Wimbledon app, click on the big square that says the Wimbledon channel, and follow along with Nick all day long. This edition of the Lucky Let Podcast is a wrap. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy day eight of Wimbledon.